Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great... All right, here we go. Releasing daily, it looks like, or semi-daily. Semi-however. How are you today? I hope you're having a wonderful morning. It's 6.02 a.m. Coming to you from a place in Oceanside, California. I was almost going to tell you where I lived, but I'm like, maybe I should just keep that to myself because who knows who's listening. Do, 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 do. Anyway, um, I woke up at 4.52 this morning and um, I took an ice cold shower and then I did about, I don't know, 35 minutes of kundalini yoga and some chanting. And I was, I was a kundalini yoga teacher um, for, I don't know, I, I think my run was about eight months or so, but I was really into kundalini yoga for about two years and it culminated in this fucking epic, epic kind of like monumental catastrophic breakdown. Um, I haven't yet to release the episode um, entitled The Case of the Canine Cocksucker and the Curse of the Kundalini, so stay tuned. I'm not sure when I'll release that one. Um, I think might just have a little bit more corona talk here first, a little covid <laughs> little COVID casting before I get to the curse of the Kundalini. Um, so stay tuned. Stay tuned for that one. Uh, the single most fucked up thing that's ever happened to me. And uh, if you listen to my old podcast, Addiction Redemption, you'll hear that you, you'll know that a lot of fucked up things have happened to me. This was the single most fucked up thing ever. Now I almost want to tell the story. But no. But alas. Um, yeah, so... Thanks for tuning in. I got there's 259 downloads as of yesterday of the Magic Pisces podcast, um, which isn't it's not a bad start at all. I'll totally take it. So thanks if you're one of the you know anywhere between 35 and 75 people who've downloaded an episode. I appreciate you. I love you, um, and you totally rock. By the way, go to uh, MagicPisces.com if you'd like and uh, download the. Um, Give me your email address and download the Magic Pisces Manifesto, the Transformational Manifesto. Uh, those of you that don't know, I'm an ontological and phenomenal logical coach. So working with people as phenomenon, um, you are a phenomenon. Each one of us is a particular expression of divinity uh, that expresses itself as a particular phenomenon at a particular time and place. Uh, ontological coaching, right, has to do with <clears throat> who you're being. So how are you being in any given moment, right? Um, and access to, uh, you, you actually, you know, in theory, you get to, the, the power of ontology is that in theory, right, um, you get to choose how you'd like to be in any given situation. So we've got coronavirus, COVID-19, fucking mass death, right, on the horizon. How, who, who are you going to be about it? Right? Are you going to let the way that you be affect the way that you occur as a phenomenon? Um, now it goes one step deeper uh, because very often our psychology affects our ontology. So you know, if you go to the landmark form and they say, you get to choose, right? Um, you get to choose how you want to be in any given situation. Um, and the landmark form is actually very powerful. It's about the single most uh, cost-effective tool of transformation available uh, on the planet. Um, I haven't done the form. Um, I know a lot of about the form and a lot of the distinctions and a lot of my training, um, you know, some say it was borrowed or stolen from the form, but, you know, lots of ontological training. Um, and I'm 
constantly in ontological conversations with my colleagues and obviously my clients. Um, but um, your psychology affects your ontology, uh, which affects your phenomenology. And what that means is that uh, your psychology is kind of like rooted in the past. Now, I'm completely, uh, you know, I'm this, I'm not, this isn't exact. This is just for like frame of reference, right? But um, at, at like a, a more surf, like kind of at like a surface level, your psychology, what happened rooted in the past, right? And um, the programming um, that you downloaded, right, as a very small child. So as very small children, uh, we make the world mean things based on um, downloads that we get from our environment. So things happen to us that are beyond our control because we're children. And, and as a result of those things that happen to us, um, our, uh, we, we internalize them, right? So it's kind of like what that means is that, um, like, let's say that um, you're a, a little kid who's continually, um, you know, berated and made to feel bad. So uh, you will internalize that you're bad. You will internalize that you are uh, deserving of bereavement. Is that a word? Berated, beratedment, <laughs> whatever. Um, and and so, like when you internalize that, that means that it kind of becomes you, right? So um, it's before you even have the capacity to intellectualize. It's before you have the capacity to make sense of the things that you're feeling things just happen. And when things just happen, you just become, right? So if you're abused as a child, that part of you, you internalize that, you internalize that abuse. And then what happens is subconsciously, right, um, you will attract people into your experience who abuse you um, and you will very likely um, be prone to abuse others because you have internalized that, because that has become you. And that's your psychology, right? And your psychology will then affect the way that you be in the world. It will affect your ontology, right? So your psychology, what happened to you, affects your ontology, how you be, how you show up in the world. So if you were abused, you are going to be abusive. That's your psychology affecting your ontology. And then that will, that will impact the way that you occur as a phenomenon on the planet, right? So your psychology affects your ontology, affects your phenomenology. And you got to, in coaching, you know, if you want to get someone results in their, in their life, if you want to create a transformed experience for the people you're working with, um, or if you as a client want to transform your existence of uh, your experience of what it means to be alive, you got to look at all of that stuff. Um, and that requires, um, you know, uh, to be, a, to be an effective coach, you got to, you got to have sort of a facilitation facilitation. You got to have facility, facilitation in sort of all of that. And now, you know, I tell people, I tell my clients all the time, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a therapist. That's kind of like an ethical thing because technically I'm not. Um, but, you know, I have like an arm, pretty, pretty deep armchair understanding, armchair knowledge of, um, you know, psychological whatever. And I was a thing. I, I took a bunch of psych courses in college and, you know, if, all that money that you spend for those psych courses isn't uh, good for, you know, amateur diagnoses of your friends, whatever. <laughs> Might be triggering some of the therapists 
you know, therapists don't like coaches very often because they think they're hacks. A lot of coaches are hacks. A lot of coaches are fucking major hacks. And that's, uh, that's a whole other conversation because you got these people who just decide they're going to be coaches and they just start giving people advice based on their, like, whatever, you know, and it's like, no, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta take a really gosh darn hard look at yourself. Um, if you want to coach people because you're dealing with their, in their existence, their life, right? And so you need feedback on how you're being in order to uh, facilitate transformational change in others. Now, fortunately, hack coaches typically can't make it um, because they can't produce the results for the clients. But I didn't mean for this to turn into a great big coaching conversation, but, uh, or, or a defense of whatever. That's probably what we refer to as my survival mechanism coming in and going on its little rants. But anyway, um, your psychology affects your ontology, affects who you are as a phenomenon again. Um, and right now we're in the midst of this situation, right? This COVID-19 where we gotta be a certain way. Um, there's, there's this, um, this phenomenon that's unfolded on the planet that's affecting every other phenomenon. Um, it's kind of like this tornado just came whirling through, right? And who are you going to be about it? And if you look at it through the lens of the hero's journey, Dorothy, right? Uh, we just woke up and we're not in Kansas anymore, right? We just, we just like, or, or through the lens of Star Wars, like, you know, uh, Luke just got back to the village after he met Obi-Wan Kenobi and his village has been burned, right? And so each one of us now is forced, many of us are forced to go on a little hero's journey. We got to walk that yellow brick road. We got to discover who our friends are and who our foes are and who the good witches are and who the bad witches are and who the good leaders are and who the bad uh, leaders are. And in all of this, we are discovering, uh, we will, if we accept the journey, we will discover things about ourselves that we did not realize uh, existed or qualities about ourselves that we did not realize existed, right? If you go right back to the first episode of my original podcast, Addiction and Redemption, I, I talk about the hero's journey. And each one of us has been called now to take a little hero's journey because we we're not in Kansas anymore. We just woke up. and I don't want to say we just woke up in tele technicolor like Dorothy, but we just woke up and things are different. It's kind of like we woke up in black and white or something. We went from this technicolor dream world to this black and white experience um and it's gonna be april 1st tomorrow and people are gonna be getting paid and watch what the fuck happens it's gonna be really really interesting you know in my business i don't want to say it's in a place of uncertainty i i spoke a few weeks ago on or a few days ago on uh the the power of purpose and all of this what is your purpose and and why were you born and why did god put you here if you believe in god um, and that purpose will support you in navigating the ensuing chaos. Um, it can, and, and, you know, I was talking to a coach and a colleague last night, and, and we were talking about ontology. So who are we going to be about this? Who are we going to be as leaders in the world? And he said, man, it ain't about being. He said, this is about Jesus. Now, I'm not a Christian, really. I, I believe in, you know, the, I don't want to get into that whole conversation. Um, I believe Jesus was an avatar, but his way... Right? His way of forgiving all sins, no matter what those sins are, is something to take on in the midst of this because your neighbor might be start uh, might start behaving in ways that you find disapproving. All sorts of people might, and I'm noticing 
uh, so far that those of us who have spiritual foundations in place are doing pretty good. Now, that's not everyone. That's not everyone that has a, a spiritual foundation. I've been through uh, many dark nights, but they've always been the higher power, the God, the spirit, the he, she, it, whatever that is, teaching me something essentially, uh, teaching me something essential about the nature of myself, right? So what is the universe seeking to teach you about the nature of yourself in the midst of the ensuing chaos, right? And how might... Uh, who you uh, who you've always been what has what what happened to you hijack right so how might your psychology right the little inner child that you got going on inside of you who's really freaked out right now how might that little being try to hijack um, the way that you are uh, going to be in all of this Right, because each one of us has to be a leader in this thing. Each one of us has to rise to something, and you're going to see people that get confronted with these circumstances, and they are not going to know how to be, and they are going to react from a place of survival. Now, what does an animal do when it is cornered and it reacts from a place of survival? It very often attacks, um, and and so it's going to be uh, fascinating to witness what ensues here in the next couple of weeks because everybody right now is just chilling on vacation. But when that money runs out, uh, watch what happens. And so it's forcing me to sort of uh, reinvent uh, myself um, proactively because, you know, who knows what could happen in two months. Now, I've always gotten by uh, doing what I do. Um, I've gotten I've gotten by and then some typically, but at the same time, it's like I don't got a lot of savings. And um, this is a fascinating time. It's also a time where people's purposes are going to be called into question. So uh, for me, it's a matter of reinvention and how I market and how I get in touch with the appropriate people um, to facilitate the appropriate change in their lives that that will then uh, facilitate the appropriate uh, or the corresponding transformation in the world. Um, so what's what's your little part in this majestic, terrifying, cosmic puzzle, right? And how are you going to be? That's your ontology. How are you going to be? And how then are you going to occur as phenomenon? Get in touch with the phenomenon of you because you're an infinitely unique phenomenon unfolding inside of an infinitely vast phenomenon of divinity and human consciousness and the human experience and all of it, right? And so you're just this little cork floating around inside of this infinitely vast human conundrum right and who you who, who you gonna be right you get to choose how it goes right and i've mentioned victor frankel's man's search for meaning a, a couple of times in this podcast this dude was this dude was in the holocaust he was he was in auschwitz the entire time or you know multiple concentration camps the entire time and in the midst of that suffering he still, you know, he said that you still get to choose how you're going to be. And from that place emerged the, the field of logotherapy. Um, I believe it's logo, yeah, logotherapy or logo, logo something. The root word is logo. Um, but logotherapy is basically um, uh, the, the psychology of meaning, 
right? So he he chose to to find meaning amidst all of that horrific, ghastly, god awful, right? God awful. Um, you know, hellishness that he found himself inside of. He chose to find meaning amidst it all. And he had to choose it. We all get to choose. We all get to choose, right? In theory. <laughs> but if your psychology, again, uh, is, is, is too much in charge, then it makes those choices much more difficult. So, um, uh, nonetheless, right, you still get to choose, right, if that makes sense. So I hope this wasn't too confusing um, of an episode, but um, it just gives you some places to look, right? And um, I hope that uh, you are all staying safe. I hope that you are using the opportunity to go um, to places that you wouldn't normally go. That's uh, hence my um, my recultivation, rekindling, rekindling of my relationship with Kundalini Yoga. There have been a couple of other things in my life I've been rekindling, which is kind of interesting to be the witness of and, um, and a participant in and an observer of. Um, so uh, thanks again. You are all amazing and feel free to email me transform at magicpisces.com and i will talk to you all next time bye-bye god song one two three four before the ayahuasca before the clear blue skies and before the great awakening there were demons disguised as angels in shiny foily packets containing china heroin Cheapest vodka bottles, the filthy escapades, my morning hustle on the train. And the angels watching over me, the God that I could never see as I wandered alone through city streets. And the whores, the whores, the whores were my friends. The hookers and the junkies and the other deviants. They beat me to submission till I cast aside my demons and that's when... It came shining through Dusty blinds in a dim lit room And I saw the light I saw the light I saw the light I saw the light It was that sweet, sweet, sweet The sweetest of surrenders Sweet, sweet, sweet The sweetest of surrenders Sweet, 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 the sweetest of surrenders Get it any way you can Get it any way you can And I don't need no motherfucking Bible To show me the errors of my ways But may God bless you if you keep one by your bedside I hope it gets you to heaven one day I hope it gets you to heaven one day Hope it gets you to heaven one day And I ain't gonna argue with no atheist Because my truth is my truth is my truth is my truth is